the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Your daily source for in-depth business and investing news. We are Business 1440. KYCR, Golden Valley. A service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. President Trump touting the rapid progress toward a COVID-19 vaccine. Here's White House correspondent Greg Cluxton. The president said the effort to develop a vaccine and treatments for COVID-19 has been incredible. Operation Warp Speed is unequaled and unrivaled anywhere in the world. Appearing in the Rose Garden, he said a vaccine could be available to the general public as soon as April. Millions of doses will soon be going out the door. They're all ready. Waiting for that final approval. Vice President Pence added that with cases surging nationwide, the government is meeting hospital requests for personal protective equipment. Greg Clugston, Washington. Britain's Prince Charles is celebrating his 72nd birthday following an eventful year that saw him contract the coronavirus and his son Prince Harry stepped down from official royal duties. This is SRN News. If you owe back taxes, there's a lot you need to know, starting with rule number one. Don't mess with the IRS. They are cracking down this year by sending out heart-stopping letters, actively garnishing paychecks, levying bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. That's all true, but it's also true there's a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative, an important government program for tax debt assistance. It's one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered, so now's the time. You could qualify for tax relief that saves you thousands, even tens of thousands. Nobody knows this program like the award-winning experts at Optima Tax Relief. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and will fight to get you the best deal possible. Don't mess with the IRS. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time. Time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-218-9520. 800-218-9520. 800-218-9520. That's 800-218-9520. The Wall Street Business Network is on the air. I want every American to be prepared for the hard days that lie ahead. Basically the worst parts of the Bible. Is it safe? It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. States are competing against states. Shameful. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. As an educator and former legislator, Professor Banyan steps out of the classroom and onto the airwaves to break down the local and national economic news that matters to you. Shut it down. Screw your P&L. America will pay you more not to work than work. This is a wartime issue and a wartime mobilization is what's needed. It's like people only do things because they get paid. And that's just really sad. This is the time for all Americans to come together and do our part. We had the greatest economy in the world. We had the greatest economy in the history of our country. I think in the end we'll be stronger for it. When will then be now? Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Now, here's King Banyan. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. This is 1440. Happy November, everybody. Um, it 
I know it's the second week. It's uh, job Saturday was last week, so so a little bit of a slower week. We've been able to take an hour to talk about the impact of the uh, Pfizer discovery of the vaccine. One last thing I I was asking questions about um, was um, there's a lot of lot of discussion about the cold chain. Okay, meaning the meaning the logistics of getting this vaccine because the vaccine can only be at above freezing for about a day before it before it uh, becomes ineffective and and it has to ship at something about around 100 degrees fahrenheit or 70 70 some degrees uh, celsius um in other words you, which it's not and i so i talked to somebody in who's in the industry that makes storage tanks for pharmaceuticals Okay, because I, I I know I know a business in that area and uh, and and know someone who works there quite well, and so I just picked up the phone and called. said said Suppose Pfizer calls you and said they needed one of these tanks. How long would it take you to make the one? And they said, well, two to three months. So when you hear uh, the president say, when you hear President Trump say that those vaccines are ready to go, a lot of that's because we made investments early on to store, to purchase a lot of vaccine, and there have been installations of of places to hold the vaccine in place. And if you needed to ramp up to hundreds of millions of these doses, it's going to be kind of difficult, particularly if you're thinking about sending sending um, this vaccine into the developing world where. Storage facilities that hold uh, temperature at, you know, maybe even something below the bottom end of what dry ice can do, um, which is about around 70, 70 minus 70 Celsius. Um, um, and, and, you know, I only know this because I researched this for the last week. I've been trying to figure out, okay, so how, how do you transport this stuff? Because as I develop a forecast for where we're going right now, for where the economy goes in 21, this is a question that really matters to that forecast, right? I don't want to get a forecast out there and get tripped up by the fact, well, we can't get as much of the vaccine out there because not enough people have the cold storage. So I'm even going to local hospitals and saying, saying, how cold does your coldest storage in, in your hospital go? Would it be able to contain this uh, mRNA uh, um vaccine that Pfizer and Moderna, which has similar qualities. So I understand the Moderna one is meant to actually work at higher temperature, is actually being worked on to be able to be stored at um, a warmer temperature than the Pfizer one does. Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see on that. But there's a, lo- there's a lot of information out there. Okay. Um, get the market roared and at the same time we see caseloads increasing dramatically um stories there was a there was an nb or it might have been a cnbc story i know i think it was on on uh, nbc nightly um from minneapolis with a patient in her 30s who had just come had come out of the coma had her had her ventilator taken out so you could still hear the raspiness in her voice uh, and uh, just trying to tell people, hey, this is serious stuff, um, and it is. Uh, but one point I want to make, and I tweeted this at Pound KBRS here uh, uh, this morning. Okay, Pound KBRS is how you find us on Twitter, and our our stream of our stream of work right now shows up on Twitter. I had someone ask me about an alternative platform. Um, to be used. I don't know that I will move the move the move platforms. I don't have the same um, concerns uh, with Twitter and censorship because, frankly, what we do isn't something that's altogether that political. And I don't think Twitter gives a uh, gives a hoot what what it is we do with the hashtag pound KBRS, and so they leave us alone, and we're perfectly fine communicating there. And pretty much everyone's got Twitter. So I don't, I don't worry about it. But I've asked, and if, there, if there's a desire for an alternative platform and there's enough demand for it on that side, markets work. I'll move. 
If there's enough of my listeners say I want to be on this platform or not that platform, I'm, I'm, I, it's not it's not a hill I want to die on. I'll tell you that. The rest of the economy, though, kind of depends on this particular question of whether or not you're going to get enough people to take the vaccine and whether or not this, whether or not stimulus is needed. So let's run through some of the data of the week, which was interesting. Um, I thought. Uh, Good but not great news, and a couple bits of what I would consider to be bad news. Um, so let me give you the good. Let, let's flip, let me flip you to the good news side first. Okay, job openings, the Jolt survey, which you know I pay a lot of attention to. Um, numbers are up there just a little bit. There's over six point four million jobs open right now. Um, we've got. We've got, as we said, approximately approximately 11 million people unemployed. So there's a there's now less than two unemployed people for every job opening that's out there. You go, well, why aren't they all filled? Well, it's because the job openings may be in places and in in career opportunities different than the people who are actually unemployed. So. That it's not unusual. It's rare when that number gets below one, where there are more job openings than unemployed people. Although in certain pockets of an economy, in certain geographies, you can see that happen. It happened here in Minnesota for a fair about amount of 2018 and 2019. Not true now. Um, the the price indices. Okay, if they had done something interesting, we wouldn't have led with the vaccine news. We would have led with. We were led with that, but CPI and PPI numbers came in, yeah, about where you'd think they would be. Um, PPI, uh, the, the headline uh, producer price index is up uh, uh, half a percent over the last year. The core rate's up 1.1% on PPI. On CPI, uh, core CPI is up year versus year ago is up 1.6%. Uh, headline headline numbers up 1.2 percent, largely because of the declines in in energy prices. I don't know if Wyatt looked at the uh, looked at the price of uh, gas at at the gas station by him, but normally I expect to see a jump in prices right after the start of November for two reasons: one, an increase in demand because people are going out to hunt, uh, and then secondly. And secondly, uh, uh, because uh, you get the switch over to the winter blend by EPA rules from from the winter blend from the summer blend, and so some of the offloading of inventories that happens in October, which drives down the price at the pump, uh, snaps back to what's a more normal level. Why it says it's one one ninety four uh, down there and down there at the mothership in Egan, it's actually one ninety nine here in St. Cloud. Small snapback because I saw prices around 180 or 182 here as late as Tuesday, but it looks like those those numbers are beginning to come back up just a little bit. But any price below two dollars indicates somewhat that there's slack in this economy right now. That there's still a significant amount of slack in the economy. Probably the best news of the week were not was not actually a piece of, uh, a number, but actually quotes from the National Federation of Independent Businesses, which represents small and, in, and intermediate sized medium sized businesses. Bill Dunkelberg is their chief economist. He's been there a long time. He's a sage in terms of talking about uh, how biz, what business sentiment is out there. Leading up to the presidential election, Bill says small business continued to focus on stabilizing their businesses. But we're uncertain about the future economic conditions due to COVID government regulations at all levels. We see solid momentum going into fourth quarter. Another good quarter could get the GDP back to its 2019 closing levels. Now, another good quarter, I don't know if that meant the fourth quarter or if he meant that we would come back to if, it, if he was projecting out into the first quarter of 2021. It's a little more optimistic than I am. I don't think we'll get back to the previous peak of of the fourth quarter of 2019 until we get to the second quarter of 21. I think that growth is going to be a little bit slower. What I have observed and what you observed, if you're listening to me here in Minnesota right now, 
And if you listen to us on the web, that's fantastic. Let let us know what you're doing here. Uh, just reach out to us at Twitter, or you can find you can find the uh, show the the show email. Uh, it's uh, at banyan.net. Uh, you can just send it to King or to K Banyan at banyan.net. Those both reach me. Uh, if you want to, if you want to tell me that you're listening from someplace outside of Minnesota, but here in Minnesota. We saw some restrictions put in on the operations of bars and restaurants and a reduction in the number of people who uh, can attend Thanksgiving and so forth. All of these are burdensome and awful, and, I mean, I'm heartbroken about the probability that I will not be able to enjoy Thanksgiving with my family. Um, I I have a grandchild who's six who will not be six ever again. And I don't think I'm going to be able to spend Thanksgiving with with that family because that because of the situations we have, you know, and and the restrictions that Governor Walz puts in place. I I get that we don't like that. I just hearken people back to what happened in April and May and say, compared to that, this looks pretty mild. That I think. I think we're going to have slowdown. Certainly, fourth quarter GDP will not grow at the 33% rate. I don't think it's even going to grow at 10%. I think it's going to be at a single digit. And I've seen reports, tweeted them to you at Pound KBRS, that there are at least one or two major forecasters who are thinking about revising their forecast for fourth quarter GDP to a negative figure. I'm nowhere near that at this moment. I think October was a good month. Um, I think the data will continue to support that as more information. Retail sales is going to come out this week. I think that's going to look really good. And I think that that, uh, and and for me, the reason I bring that up is, is why here, as we heard at the news report at the top of the hour, discussion about about a stimulus package, my reaction is, is, do we really need something that large? Could we use something more targeted? Could we use some money to pay people to take the vaccine? That all depends on, I think, what happens here over the next month or two with how the economy turns out. And I am more optimistic than apparently it, it cares to me. I am more optimistic than some. Although, if I was right with my optimism, the price of gasoline will get up over $2 pretty quickly. The longer it stays in the one you know, below $2, the less optimistic I will be. Be right back. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Whoa, look at all these options. You could fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream Business 1440. Top shelf choices include TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com, our free app, and Radio.com. Did you know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were? Yep. I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No No wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, Please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America, the Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, We always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, 
for our nation, for us all, the few, the proud, the Marines. Want to give a truly unique gift at half the regular price? It's a hot air balloon ride at treetop level across the St. Croix River Valley. The memory becomes sweeter knowing you paid half the regular price through this special radio offer. Float quietly along somewhere between the lush green earth below and wide open expanse of the blue sky above. To purchase a private ride for two from Stillwater Balloons at half off the regular price, go to this station's website, click on the More tab, and Half Price Offers, or call the station now. She can help you navigate rush hour traffic, even update your shopping list. But most impressive of all, she knows where to find straightforward conversations on investing. Just ask Alexa to play Business Radio 1440. Twin Cities Business Radio. That sounds good. I like this. I know I've been doing some goofy things like talking about Bernhard Langer, but uh, one more goofy thing. Besides being a fan of uh, golf uh, and many sports, another one that I consider a sport, I guess many people don't, is chess. And uh, I've been watching uh, Queen's Gambit on Netflix. And I have to say, um, one thing I love about many Netflix shows, and this one included, is their ability to capture the mood and the feel of earlier periods of American history, like the fifties and sixties, this is just, this one's just delightful. Um, this one's just delightful. And I did play, I did play chess and followed the, uh, Fisher Spassky, uh, uh, chess tournament up in Reykjavik, uh, in the early seventies, uh, very, very, very closely. Cause it lasted like through an entire summer. It was just awesome. Um, I've sent. Uh, I, I put out. By the way, uh, other people asking me about the asking about that uh, story with uh, uh, the doorbell camera um, to of uh, of uh, Wilson waking Milgram up to tell me won the Nobel Prize that they had together won the Nobel Prize. It's great. It's it's really awesome. Um, uh, uh, Wyatt, if you decide it's worth it and want to pull the audio, some of the audio for that, that'd be great. But it's it's just it's it. It's kind of funny, but it, it's just absolutely adorable, too. 651 um, number to call questions, comments. One of the other things I wanted to, to, to reflect on is some of the negative things that have happened uh, over this past period, all right? I mean, besides the—and set aside the COVID case information and, and the incipient uh, re-regulation or, or reimposed restrictions— on uh, on commerce and 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 it and movement between individuals, um, we're still with we're still with um, uh, about nine point four million people receiving the pandemic unemployment assistance checks right now. Uh, there's uh, there's another. There's an, another four million they're receiving that four million. So even though we know that there's 11 million people who are currently unemployed, there's about 16 million people still receiving unemployment insurance checks out there, which is a good and bad thing. Bad thing because it makes me think that there are a lot of people that the unemployment rate that we've reported to you at the 6.9 percent level is actually below, is actually well below what the what the actual unemployment rate is, even though. We know that even the U6 number moved down and is is at uh, its lowest levels as well. But it's running near 12. I think it's 12.1 percent to do from memory at this moment. Um, I think the bigger concern for me was the uh, University of Michigan consumer confidence numbers, which I don't know that I've tweeted to you yet. I'm going to actually tweet the tweet the uh, summary of the report to you at the next break. But uh, just reading to you from uh, Peter Buckler's uh, uh, summary of the economic news of the week, um, preliminary November University of Minnesota consumer confidence number fell to 77 from 81.8, and the estimate was for little change at 82. Um, 
Components were very mixed, though, as current conditions were little changed, but expectations fell to 71.3 from 79.2. And I think that's the impact of the news about caseloads. One-year inflation expectations rose two-tenths to 2.8%, which is a three-month high. Uh, answers, okay, then moving along. Spending intentions were mixed. One's political affiliation impacted confidence as Republican sentiment fell 10.7 points month over month. Democrat sentiment fell by 1.7%. Independents actually are now at... It, Voters that identified themselves as independent were now at um, 89.3% confidence um, versus, um, let, me get, let me get that chart again just to make sure I've seen it right. Um, so Republicans now who were more confident, their numbers were running near 100 and Democrats were running, were in October were running below 80 they actually fell just in October, so they fell a little bit. But Republicans and Democrats are now a little bit, are just little change, and independents are above both of them. Which I found really interesting, because that's not the impact, that's not the impact of COVID. That's the impact of how people responded to the election. That in fact, what people are thinking is, what people are thinking right now is that, um, is that the the future course of the economy has been changed by what's happened in November and that Republicans are far more negative about that. I thought that was interesting insofar as, as, uh, as, uh, um, oh God, I'm blanking, Glenn Hubbard, uh, who was, uh, the, was the head of the Council of Economic Advisors for George W. Bush was talking about the stimulus bill on CNBC in in early on Thursday, and he had this to play. We got two cuts of Hubbard. Let's play the first cut, please. Well, I think two parts to your question. You know, one, the virus recovery itself will be critical. That's why the vaccine is such good news to markets, to the economy, to all of us. But second, yes, we do need a relief plan. We still have many, many Americans without work. Many businesses struggling. That relief plan could center on aid to states. It could center on unemployment insurance uh, and further assistance for businesses as they retool for the economy that awaits us. I'm pretty optimistic that that will happen once the new Congress is seated. Once the new Congress is seated. All right. So I think everybody has come to this to the view that we're not going to see a bill until you get to January, late January. And again, I, that means to me the stimulus bill, when it comes out, will not come out till March. To me, that's perfect timing to put to put my idea for money to pay people to take the vaccine into that bill. That's where it should go. You can pass that bill. You know, it'll take it if you go from on the basis of what happened uh, with uh, the uh, the. The ARRA, which was the initials for the, Ameri- the American Recovery and Restoration Act, I think those are the two R's, of 2009, also known as the Obama Stimulus Bill, which is odd to me because he didn't write the bill. Nancy Pelosi wrote the bill. Um, the Okay, you can put the money in there. Suppose there, is, there are now... 200 million vaccines that can vaccinate 100 million people. That that might, you might find 100 million people willing to take it for zero. My point is, you might want some money to, to run an auction to see if perhaps you could get them to do it then. Let's play more. This is Glenn Hubbard on Tuesday, I believe. Uh, no, I'm sorry, on Thursday on CNBC. So I think if one started with a trillion dollars, but really focused in the areas that I mentioned, you could make real progress. Remember, the Federal Reserve also has enormous tools and its Main Street lending facility. So I think one could even start in that range, although I think a higher number would be more advisable. So you've got Glenn Hubbard, who was a a George W. Bush advisor, saying it's a billion dollars 
plus more. The Senate has already passed a bill that's half a billion dollars. Um, meanwhile, uh, we, I, I decided this week I was going to spare you any more Jay Powell for a while. You can only take so much. But we can't get completely away from the Federal Reserve. So this is Mary Daly. She's the president of the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco. And much like every other Fed governor that's out there, uh, uh, President Daly is saying we need more fiscal stimulus as well. Well, the way I think about it is that the fiscal support is really critical. When the Congress came out with the CARES Act and put that funding, we saw immediately how that cushioned households and small businesses and helped them get through the virus. The virus is still with us, so more is needed, and I referenced that before. If we don't get that, then this is a mini fiscal cliff, maybe even a major fiscal cliff for the individuals who are experiencing that. And I think it's useful to put some faces to those numbers. This is you know, people you know who are out of work, can't find jobs because jobs aren't available yet, and their unemployment insurance runs out. Then they can't pay their rent, and maybe they get evicted. And small businesses who, can't, who run out of their PPP funding and need more additional support to weather the virus. So this is certainly going to impact those households, those businesses. Ultimately, it impacts our aggregate economy, and the economy would have slower growth in the absence of fiscal than it would have if we had a long and strong bridge that fully and completely gets us through the crisis. All right. I have two thoughts about that. I'm going to run a little over the bottom of the hour to get these both out because they bear saying. First of all, I am still, and I will say it every week, until they stop, I am still very uncomfortable having the Federal Reserve speak about fiscal policy. Okay, particularly in the terms she did. She went beyond a f- saying saying something that would be fairly anodyne and probably not very objectionable, which is uh, if, if a fiscal stimulus bill was passed, we believe that the recession would end sooner. That's a judgment call that, that President Daly is perfectly fine making. I'm I'm fine with her making it. I think it I think I have no issue with that. Right? That's the that's the one thing. The second piece is I believe the news of the week makes it very likely that if if they're going to wait until after the new congress comes in that the stimulus bill is likely to provide most of its benefit after the recession would likely end without any additional stimulus. In other words, I think fiscal stimulus might come too late, and I wonder if that's going to create a problem for the Fed because we've already seen the inflation numbers. Yeah, they're below 2% in some measures, and some other measures are a little above 2%. But given that you've said you're not raising – you've basically said you're not raising interest rates until 2022 or 2023 or even 2023 – what the heck happens if if the fire's already burning by the second quarter of 21 – and now comes all this fiscal stimulus to throw a, a full jerry can of gasoline on the fire, and you end up with a demand-side a demand side inflation that takes the inflation rate above 3%. Are you prepared to pivot back away from what you said in all of the statements you've made in 2020? Are you that nimble? If you are, it will be the first time you've displayed that nimbleness. I'm... I'm willing to suspend belief, but your history on this is not good, President Daly. Your history is not good on this, Chair Powell. And I I am concerned about encouraging throwing more and more gasoline onto a fire that may in fact be burning already. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. 
Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term providers help thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-555-2085-800-555-2085. Ready for an oil change? O'Reilly Auto Parts has everything you need. Our professional parts people can suggest the best products for your car and budget, like five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil, just $28.95. Plus, earn a $10 gift card after mail-in rebate and double O rewards points. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Auto Parts. Let's face it, life can get busy. Between work, trips to the cabin on the weekends, keeping your eye on the markets, with everything going on, convenience usually comes at a premium. But Business 1440 is here to make things a bit easier. With the iHeartRadio app, you can stream your favorite shows anytime, anywhere, and it's free. Download iHeartRadio from the App Store or listen online at iHeartRadio.com and stay connected with your best financial partner wherever you go. Business 1440. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to BambooHR.com slash HR. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com slash HR. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. This is fourteen forty. I know I keep taking little detours, but this was funny. So during the last segment, um, I have a, I have an Apple Watch as well as a phone, and so the watch buzzes while if someone rings my phone. I I look down while I'm talking to you to see who it might be because it's like you people should know I'm on radio because normally the only people that call me on my phone are either telemarketers or or family, and family usually knows I'm on, on radio at this time. But not my mom. <laughs> she called during the last segment. It's like, Mom, call the show. Don't call. You know I'm still on the air. Call the show. Okay, but she's, she's, a, she's 89 and I guess um, didn't quite understand that I would still be on the show. But she reminded me to, to say this. And so... You folks who are upset with my point of personal privilege about Bernard Langer in the last hour, give me just give me just thirty seconds more, okay? Um, tomorrow is my kid brother's birthday, and my mom wanted me to make sure that I had mentioned this. Um, I am the second Dean Banyan in the family. Um, he's the first, uh, even though I'm the firstborn. Uh, he is he's celebrating the last time that he'll be able to say that he doesn't qualify for senior benefits um, for those for those who uh, those benefits that kick in when you turn 60. Um, so he is um, he's he's a good guy. He's, he actually lives back in my hometown. In fact, across the street from the junior high I went to uh, that he did not go to. He went to a different he went to a different one. Um, I think. No, am I right about that. No, he went to that junior high for a year. And they went to another one. Um, so. Uh, 
anyway, uh, happy birthday, happy birthday to the first dean from the second dean, and uh, we hope uh, we hope you have a great day. Uh, 651-289-4477, the number to call, 651-289-4477. There you go, Mom. Did my job. Um, the other point that I want to pay attention to is I think about, think about whether or not there's a stimulus bill uh, and, and, and think about uh, President Daley's comments, is looking at the senior loan officer survey, which the Federal Reserve conducts. Um, stand, uh, terms and standards on on commercial and industrial loans has been tightened up over the last over the last uh, over the last month of month of October. Banks reported weaker demand for C and I loans uh, from firms of all sizes. In commercial real estate, banks tightened standards and reported weaker demand, but for households. Banks tighten standards across all categories of residential real estate loans and across all three consumer loan categories, credit card loans, auto loans, other consumer loans. Over the third quarter, banks reported stronger demand for credit card loans, for auto loans, and for most categories of residential real estate loans. So it's worth remembering these things. Consumers who represent in terms of demand, 70% of the economy, are still out demanding things that they allows them to live independently. They are out demanding loans for automobiles because I don't want to take public transportation right now. I mean, I've been thinking about taking a trip to go see, to go see mom. Mom lives on the East Coast. It will take me multiple days if I drive. I have never driven there. I've always relied on the airplane. I've re- I've been reading a lot of research about airplanes. I actually think once you're seated in the airplane, you're probably perfectly fine. There's a lot of air circulation. You're all wearing masks. The the airlines seem to be doing doing their job pretty well for the most part. And you can go out and read. There are some airlines that apparently are better at it than others. And you can there's lots of information on the internet about that. You can make your own judgments. What concerns me is getting on and off the plane, the, op- the going through the airport, and the fact that the airport, I don't know what kind of air circulation the airport has. I think if I was uh, the Metropolitan Air, uh, Airport Commission for MSP, I would be advertising like heck about the air exchange and my ability to keep people safe at MSP. Uh, and it would really matter to the concessions people who work there as well as Delta. It would probably help quite a bit. Um, but that said, people are going to drive more. Uh, last weekend was a great weekend to be out. It was the hunting opener and people were able to get outside and stay outside, uh, and, and take that. So this morning's local newspaper had an article about the fact that, uh, the places that process venison are just swamped with folks trying to get their, to get their, uh, meat prepared. Um, which, which is great. The kinds of activities that, that are out there right now that, and as I said to a group of commercial realtors, uh, on uh, Thursday on the residential side, I see no drop off in demand. Housing still moving. Lower interest rates have helped, although not, not entirely. There was a slight pullback in mortgage, mortgage lending this week. Uh, but I still see I still see the, the the residential side and the construction that goes with that doing very well. I think on the I think on the commercial side there are going to be places that do fairly well. I'll you know someone said well name me a sector that will grow on commercial real estate and I said I said here one right away warehousing. If I'm in the warehousing business, I look at the statistics on freight transportation by trains by trucks on intermodal. And I see that for the most part, you're, we're, we're on our way back. Trains are not on the rail transportation, pure rail point to point within the United States is still off of what it was a year ago. But intermodal stuff coming in from outside the United States and, and on a container ship and being transferred, that stuff's moving. And it's moving quite well. So durable goods, 
are doing well. And if you've got durable goods and you've got bulky goods, you need warehouses. And I think warehouses are going to move. It's not just going to be warehouses that can do cold chain uh, um, uh, cold chain delivery of pharmaceuticals. I think it's going to be up and down the line for lots of things. So I'm not pessimistic about this economy. And indeed, my concern, my significant concern over this last, over the next few few weeks and months is that we're going to end up getting into into February of 21 and we're going to see a stimulus bill coming that is in the two to two and a half to three trillion dollar range with tens and hundreds of millions of doses of the vaccine right there on the doorstep at the same time and no one putting two, two, two together and saying, you know, if you put all this money out at the same time that that comes out, you're basically overdosing the economy with stimulus. And, and you might end up with inflation that the Fed's not in a real good position to handle right now. That's my concern. And, and you know, it can be easily beaten back if it turns out they pass a smaller stimulus bill. If it comes in, in, in you know, with, with a, a one point something, I'll feel better. If it came in south of $1 billion, I probably would be even better with that. I'm not as sure uh, about that because I, there are some things that I do want money for, like my, like my, uh, my vaccine auction. I want money for that, so I, I, and I think that's a good place to put, to put federal dollars. Okay, I I do, and if you don't like that, call me. We got we got another segment coming up right after this. You can call me and tell me why that's a crazy idea. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. But if you don't come back with that, I got one more thought for you right after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on Business fourteen forty. Business fourteen forty is KYCR Golden Valley. The Business VIP Club and New American Funding want to pay your mortgage next year. This is Tom Matiney from New American Funding, and I'm excited to be the sponsor of the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Contest. If you win, we'll pay your mortgage or rent for all of next year. That's extra money to take a family vacation, put in a pool, or help a friend in need. Enter once a day from now through December 20th at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. The Christmas Mortgage Miracle from the Business VIP Club and me, Tom Matiney, at New American Funding. This is a national health care alert from the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one has diabetes, listen closely. Now, regardless of your age, if you have insurance, you may qualify to receive diabetic testing supplies with little to no out-of-pocket cost. Get free delivery, free information, and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers for free. Call the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline now for details. Toll free at this number. But wait, there's more. If you call right now, you could get a meter upgrade. In addition, we'll give you a free pair of diabetic socks as our special gift to you. Regardless of your age, if you suffer with diabetes and have insurance, you may qualify to get free delivery of your supplies. 800-439-7409. 800-439-7409. 800-439-7409. That's 800-439-7409. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony I'm Madrid. Staff Sergeant Smith Akal. I'm Staff Sergeant I'm Alex. I'm Staff Keeley. Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member. And I'm proud to serve in the United States. And I am proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. There's a ton to explore at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Like the biggest savings around at our half-off deals tab. Click on programs to see our daily lineup. Win prizes at the VIP fan club. Catch up on your favorite podcasts and more. 
cool voiceover. Zany sound effect. We were going to write something flashy about streaming us at Radio.com, but considering how easy it is to do, we'll keep it simple, too. Listen to Business 1440 at Radio.com. I love this song. Ah, nice choice there, Wyatt. Way to way to get us to the end of the show. King Banyan Show, Business fourteen forty. Thank you for listening. I, thank you for entertaining me today because um, we've had we've had kind of some we've had a little bit of fun. We've gone a little bit a little bit different here and talked about uh, stimulus and, and and so forth. I I've been listening to a few uh, podcasts that have. Uh, really kind of made me stop and think about things on a little more fundamental level. When I, I, I've already mentioned uh, one of the lessons I got when I was in graduate school, which was the vaccine problem that, uh, that Professor Stubblebine gave us uh, in public finance class. Um, in my monetary class that uh, my, 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 I, I consider him still my mentor, although we haven't talked in years. Um, He's long retired and gone to work to live on a farm up in up in uh, the Northeast. Uh, uh, Tom Willett, uh, but um, Tom was the person that got me to read Frank Knight's uh, uh, Risk, Uncertainty, and Profit. Frank Knight was an economist in the in the uh, in the forties and fifties at the University of Chicago, uh, and um, it's fundamental. It's a really profound piece uh, of thinking about. What it is we face, what it is we face right now. Um, I've been thinking a lot about this because because of the fact that we are required to plan for what happens under various scenarios of how this particular wave of the pandemic plays out. Um, at this particular moment, um, institutions of higher education state of Minnesota are considered to be essential services. So we are not we are not only permitted to stay open, but because we're public we're a public institution, we don't have the ability to decide for ourselves if we should be open or not. We depend on the decision being made by the executive branch and eventually by the governor to, to do that. Um, in consultation, of course, with the chancellor and the board of trustees and so forth. Um, but I don't, I certainly can't decide to close my own school. Uh, and I'm not clear to me that any university has the power to unilaterally decide to close its campus. Um, might want to change how it is that it's, that it's, uh, that it's delivering. And, and I hear people use the words risk and uncertainty quite often. And I have been asking myself and others over this over the last uh, over the last uh, um, over the last uh, uh, few weeks to sort of grapple with the idea that we, we have to make decisions even when we don't have the best of information. Right? We have to make some decisions. People are making decisions now about whether or not to wear masks, whether or not to go out, whether or not to have your family in for Thanksgiving. People are making those choices, and everyone's trying to give you information about whether or not to, how to make those inf- that that material. And I, I've been thinking about this in terms of thinking uh, of thinking about how do I, because risk is something I I can price and I can measure, and it relates to probabilities. But the distinction that Frank Knight makes, and even I would argue Keynes understood. There's a whole chapter in the general theory on the word uns- on the meaning of uncertainty. And I think it I think it might be the best chapter in the general theory, uh, which I had to read. I mean, we've been talking a lot about my graduate school education. I had to read it when I was in grad school. So I was listening to a podcast done by Jim Petakoukas, who, by the way, observes to me. It, it, well, let, let, me, I'll, let me save that till after this. But I was listening to a, a podcast he did with. Uh, with uh, Mervyn King. Mervyn King is the former governor of the Central Bank of uh, of England, uh, the Bank of England. 
Uh, and indeed, um, in fact, let's play this last clip. Let me play this last clip first. This is his successor, Andrew Bailey, the current Bank of England uh, 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 governor. And, and Bailey's asked, what scares you the most over this next period? And I thought, or what frightens you the most? I think it's the exact word the interviewer used. And this was Andrew Bailey's answer. Play that clip for me, please, Wyatt. Well, I, I think, look, we've lived through this year with a, with a huge shock to the economy. I mean, you know, it, it's the biggest shock since we think in, in the UK since the early 18th century. Entirely unpredictable in terms of its, its start. Uh, it, has, it has changed course with incredible speed. You think about the way in which COVID has moved around this year. Now, you know, I, hope we, I hope we can take the optimistic view that you said earlier. But, you know, I think we've had to get used to saying, you know, we are living in a world of huge uncertainty and unpredictability. And that is, that is, you know, I don't like to see that, you know, people of this country, who we have a duty to in, in respect of our public policy objectives, and it's a very important duty. I don't like to see them in that position. It, it's, it's one that makes me very uncomfortable. And, uh, you know, we've got to do everything we can. But it's, it's a very, very difficult place to be in. It is a difficult place to be in. It's difficult to live with uncertainty. And I and in managing a group of faculty and staff, I have to talk them through this uncertainty. But one of the things that I, I, I'm going to encourage them to think about is this, which is, uh, it, and it came from this interview with, with, his, with uh, Bailey's uh, predecessor, Mervyn King. A, a, in an interview with Jim Petakoukas, he says this, I give you this, the example of what I find quite often at student graduations when students will tell me they've enjoyed their undergraduate course, but now they're launching out in the world and are frightened because they think their future is very uncertain. And I say to them, you should be very happy about that. If I could give to, to you today a list of five jobs that you might be, in 20, might be in 20 years from now with the probabilities attached to each of those five, and the names of the five people who could be your life partners and the probabilities that you'll end up living with each of these five people, you'd go away depressed because you think there's nothing new and exciting in the world. Serendipity is the most wonderful thing. You meet people you didn't know. You couldn't imagine people being as wonderful as the ones you meet. You go to places that you hadn't, been, hadn't seen before and didn't imagine. You read a book or listen to a piece of music that you hadn't thought about before. These are the things that make life exciting. They create enjoyment. They are the spice of life. Uncertainty is fundamentally important to our enjoyment of life, which is why I, it is, I think, that humans have evolved to be pretty good at coping with uncertainty. I'll leave the quote there and ask you, the ability to deal with this uncertainty is, in fact, fundamental to our, to our happiness. And frankly, I think we're doing a great job of it. So let me leave you with that thought. Be a very good cheer. Uh, Wyatt, thank you for the production today. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Happy birthday, Dean. King Banyan Show, Business 1440. Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad, you'll receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, evrcleaning.com. Remember, Forever Cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. Did you know my mom's gonna have a baby? She is? Will it be a boy? Or will it be a girl? We don't know yet, but we heard the heartbeat, and my dad said this is going to be someone very special. 
You mean like being a president or maybe a doctor? Well, probably maybe like a singer or dancer, I think. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. We know that every baby is a miracle and has the potential to do great things. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. High school sports are as American as apple pie. And going to a game or meet is a chance to see the stars of tomorrow shine today. But as anybody who's ever attended a high school sporting event in Minnesota knows, you can't have the stars without the stripes. High schools are currently looking for new officials in almost every sport. Who looks good in stripes? Anybody looking for a way to stay connected to a sport they love If you like the idea of giving back to your community while earning a few extra bucks, chances are you'd look good in stripes too. We want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. No officials means no games. No stripes means no stars. And what kind of America would that be? Minnesota needs more high school officials. Go to highschoolofficials.com to sign up or learn more. That's highschoolofficials.com.